What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today on the show, we're talking with Steve Watt. He is the VP of Marketing at Grapevine 6, which is appropriately located in the 6, to quote Drake. It's a good conversation. Steve is a good guy to talk about really balancing working on your business and working in your business, how to do that as a marketing leader, and then two, how to frame a story to really lead people to your product and not lead with your product when you're going through and creating messaging. So real, real interesting conversation with Steve. I had a lot of fun in this episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. But before we get into that, got to give a shout out to who this show is brought to by. And it is brought to you by Cave Social. Cave Social is a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that can help your company grow online, particularly with social media. So if you're feeling like your social media is brutal, you're having a hard time with the Twitters and the Instagrams, heck, we might even help you out with your MySpace if you're feeling down in the dumps about that. Head over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us, book a free consultation. We'll be able to help you out. All right. Well, that's enough of the sales pitch. Let's get into this episode. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today on the show, I'm excited to welcome Steve Watt to the show. He's the VP of Marketing at Grapevine 6. Steve, how you doing? I'm excellent, Jordan. Thanks for having me on. It's been a, a pleasure getting to know you a little bit as a couple of uh, fellow Canadians. I guess you went to school in Toronto. You're not actually from Toronto like I am. Yeah, I. you know, Toronto's got a special place in my heart. However, I am, uh, you know, from Surrey, British Columbia. I gotta, you know, still rep that pretty hard. But uh, no, Toronto always have a place in my heart. I went to school there, listeners, if you didn't know that. And that's where Steve's coming to us from today. So Steve, before we get into Grapevine 6, what's going on there and some of the stuff that we talked about, you know, before before the show about really enterprise and B2B marketing, walk us through your journey and how you got there. What does your background look like? Give us a little bit of that story. <laughs> That's always a funny question for me because I, you know, I don't know if it's even a journey as much as it's been a wander. I've done a lot of different things, a lot of different times. I've kind of always just sought out, on one hand, what, what was interesting, what seemed like fun, and also what kind of seemed like growth areas. I mean, if you go way back, I, I went to Staples when Big Box was just starting to rock retail and spent six years at the Canadian head office of Staples as we grew that across the country. And then I, I went into e-commerce when that was really in its infancy and built a, an online art gallery that I'm proud to say survived the dot-com bust. And my wife continues to run today. And I went to LinkedIn in, in the early days when LinkedIn was nothing but where you park your resume and hope you get a new job offer. And, and obviously, LinkedIn has grown to be so much more than that. I, I spent three years at LinkedIn, and it was an amazing journey. And it kicked around the kind of startup and, and scale-up space for a while, which is where I am now. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been a bit of a wander, but it's always been a, a, an interesting challenge, and I've always learned something. Yeah. And it's interesting because that wandering, right? It, 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 I think the key there is you're always able to learn something. 
And that's something for the young listener, the young marketer. Hey, feel free to wander, go to company to company, but always walk away with something that, okay, I learned something that I can put in my back pocket for that next position, that next campaign, that next project, right? I'm sure being at LinkedIn, for instance, in the earlier days when they were still figuring out, okay, are we just a resume you know, portfolio site or are we a social media platform? And what does that look like? I'm sure that's helped quite a bit today as you moved over to, to Grapevine 6, I would imagine. Oh, hugely. I learned so much in my three years there, and it was an amazing experience. And I worked with some of the most amazing people I've ever worked with as well. And yeah, it, it, there was a lot of that balance, which is is a topic that keeps coming back to my mind. I, I LinkedIn, it was that, that balance, like, we got to monetize this thing, but we can't destroy the user experience or we'll you know, kill the goose that lays the golden egg, right? I have so much respect for Jeff Weiner, who was the CEO for many years. He's now the chairman. And he was always crystal clear, this idea of, you know, member first, and that this was the lens we looked through. And, and LinkedIn walked away from a lot of opportunities to monetize in the short term in ways that would have hurt the user experience because he and everyone cascading down from him really appreciated that in that business, if you don't have active engaged users, you got nothing and you you better not ruin their experience. And so, yeah, it was a, a wonderful learning experience and it definitely has uh, impacted the way I think and the way I work in, in lots of things since then. And I want to dig a little deeper in there, right? You said you talked about balance a little bit and in that case where, hey, monetization versus user experience and how do we tow that line? I know we talked a little bit before though off air about balancing, okay, how do I balance working on my business, setting the vision, thinking, you know, I have a thinking time every week personally, and, and my, my mom thinks that's absurd that I have time in my calendar to think, but uh, how do you balance things like that with also getting shit done? And hey, we got to start knocking things out. There's actionable items that we need to start doing. How do you approach that balance and divvy up your time? I think it's one of the most crucial things, and I don't claim to have the perfect answer. It's an everyday struggle. It's an everyday balance, and it's it's so important. I, I think as an individual, it's important, but even more so as a leader who's building a team, building a function within an organization, that balance, you can easily fall off the road into the either ditch, right? You could, there, there's a ditch on one side of you, which is pie in the sky, long-term thinking, and nothing ever gets done. And But there's a ditch on the other side of the road, which is tactical, small things all day long, and you never actually envisioned a big future and planned for it and built it. And you've got to stay on that road and not fall into either of those ditches. And it really takes so many different forms. I mean, it's, you know, when, when you're first going into that organization, it's you're balancing learning the business with like, getting near term shit done and making your mark, you know, and then you're, you're also balancing kind of like leaning on your experience and all the great stuff that you have done and learned in the past, but balancing that with being really open-minded to, to learning what's different in this business and, and this industry. And, you know, it, it goes on from there. You know, I mean, you got to spend as a marketing leader, you got to spend part of your time thinking, 
two, three years down the road about how you're building your brand and how you're positioning the organization and how you're building the team and the stack and budgeting and all that stuff. But you've also got to push things out the door like today and this week in order to maintain and like build and maintain that momentum and the credibility inside the firm as well. And it, it goes on and on. I mean, I think there is uh, this never ending balance and it, like it doesn't stop right as as the company grows and your team grows and your success grows you're still balancing you're just balancing different things i view them as um levers really right and as you ascend in your career and you get to a higher and higher management position the lever for strategy and working on the business starts to get pulled on more and you have to spend more time but you still got to roll up the sleeves and get things done when you're early on you're probably maybe a hundred percent of your time is just getting things done or you know 99 percent of the time and i think that's so important about as you ascend into leadership and having that clear-cut balance and thinking about it because you want to recognize when you're rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic, right? That's my, I always say like, look, we don't want to rearrange deck chairs on the Titanic. We want to miss the iceberg. And this is something to just think about is like when you're caught in a task or maybe if you're like, it's kind of becoming something that you definitely could delegate, for instance. It's like, okay, or is this really important to the grand vision? Being able to, and this I think just comes with time, is being able to acknowledge, oh, I'm doing something right now. I'm kind of caught in it. I need to take my head out of the weeds. And I need to take up and look around, survey, see what's going on, and maybe we chart a new course forward. You know, because otherwise you end up being, we talked about it briefly before we started recording, but you end up being the guy who owns the pizza shop, makes the pizza, and 20 years goes by and you're still at the cash register and you've never thought about opening a second pizza shop because you've been so busy just making and selling that one pizza. It's such a fine line. Uh, It really is. And it's something that is fascinating. I think one of the most fun things and most interesting things about marketing leadership roles is that you you have to s- kind of go up and down and up and down. You know, you got to be at 30,000 feet and then you got to be deep in the weeds and back up and back down multiple times in a day. I mean, just I just think about over the past two hours. I mean, I've been sending very detailed notes on some video editing. I've been writing a landing page, like very in the weeds work. But I've also been scoping out the budget and the parameters for three relatively senior hires that I need to make. And I've been reaching out to a number of my friends in similar roles and other companies and asking them about compensation levels and all kinds of things. So, you know, like just in the last two hours, I've done immediate things that are going to ship today. And I've done things that are laying the groundwork for years of growth ahead. And, and, and that up and down and up and down is, I find, exhilarating. Like, that's what I love. It's awesome. That's something that I think is, uh, as marketers progress with their careers or small business owners, if you're in that, if you're in a, a leadership position at a company, you're going to feel that. And yeah, getting tugged into it and being like, okay, I got to create exactly writing copy for a landing page versus going out and trying to get a couple of hires at senior positions. Very different tasks, um, <laughs> but still part of the job function. Speaking of those hires, and that's, I want to transition a bit to Grapevine 6. Talk to me a little bit because the listeners, they may not know what Grapevine 6 does is. What are you guys all about? What's the elevator pitch for what y'all got going on? Sure. So we are in the 
enterprise social engagement space. And really what we do is we help our clients, which are generally very large banks, wealth management firms, technology firms, professional services firms. We help them activate their people on social media and on LinkedIn in particular. And we firmly believe, as do our clients, that this is an incredible opportunity that a lot of organizations are missing, that there is incredible power in your people showing up and speaking up and engaging with real confidence and purpose on social media. I mean, it builds trust at scale. It builds relationships. It sparks conversations. And it's far more powerful in the aggregate than any advertising campaign or any corporate social media broadcast approach. And I think we're just in the very early days of really seeing that become real. And it it sometimes takes the form of more social selling, sometimes more employee advocacy. Our worldview is that it's kind of yes and. It's like, yes, it is social selling. Yes, it is employee advocacy, but it's more than both of those. It's really about empowerment and engagement at scale. And we help our clients to do our tool finds great content. It deals with compliance. It provides all kinds of reporting and basically makes it easy for these organizations to empower their people at scale. Okay. So if you're a bank, you have 5,000 employees, we can say, hey, here's a post for your LinkedIn that's compliant and you can use it. And you're now, you know, you can go on and start to use social media and act in a, in a type of way, right? Is that kind of more or less? That and, and more though, because and if <laughs> that, that's what happens in a lot of advocacy, right? It's like, hey, everybody share this and everybody shares it. And it's a really robotic look. It's a bad look. You, you've got 20 people from that bank in your network and they're all sharing the same thing in the same way at the same time. That does not build trust. That makes you think, oh, look, they've told their people to do this. What we do is what our tool does is it scours all the world's content, basically 150,000 fresh articles every day uh, from more than 11,000 publishers and classifies them across numerous criteria about what they are, how credible they are, what topics they speak to, and then enables every single user to have their own unique feed of the topics that they're most interested in and only the most current and relevant and credible content in that. So in your example of the bank, your 5,000 employees, it's all 5,000 of them all sharing the same thing today. They're each going to share something different. And the net impact of that is like, wow, (laughs) these guys are good. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And when it comes to how you all... I understand, you know, the pitch and probably going to acquire a lot of customers through this and probably using a lot of account-based marketing. But I'm assuming that training is uh, getting on and actually starting to train the client is probably a huge thing for retention. Talk to me. Well, one, let me know if that's true. And then two, talk to me about if it is, how has that really been baked into the marketing? Yeah. And what do you guys do to help that along? Yeah, it is important. You're absolutely right. I mean, the having the technology to be able to do this easily and do it compliantly and measure it is really important, but it's not the entire battle. If your people don't know why or don't know how, then they're not going to use it. So yeah, it is both. We license the technology in a sort of a standard 
enterprise SaaS kind of motion, um, but we also have a professional services team that gets these programs up and running and kind of trains the trainers. We have a client success team that is constantly working with clients uh, to up their game and help them achieve their goals. We have a support team that's dealing with the more immediate, like, hey, you know, did something break? Is something wrong? How come I can't do this? So it takes a it takes a village, right? Building a great product, which we have done, is necessary, but it's not sufficient. It does take that whole thing. And and then part of it, back to the marketing perspective, as as you asked, is you know, part of our objectives as a marketing team is not just to sell features and benefits. You know, it's to really advocate the why, right? I mean, if nobody cares about our features and benefits, if they don't see the powerful opportunity of what it can do for their business, if they actually do empower and and enable their people. So we have to get back to that balance thing again. You know, part of our marketing is evangelizing a different way to go to market, evangelizing a different way to build trust at scale and, and run a business. And then part of it also has to be, and here's a tool that helps you do that. So yeah, always with the balance. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like, and that's such an important thing, right? With storytelling is so many companies are like, look at our cool widget. And it's like, I don't give a shit. Like, how does that help me along my journey, right? And if I'm a decision maker at a bank, I'm like, cool, that's that's nice. But like, how are you going to help me get my staff engaged? And how are we going to empower them? Okay, why is it important that they're empowered? Oh, if they're empowered on social media, they're seen as the expert. When they're seen as the expert, what happens? Oh, they're going to get more business. And it's just like, oh, that starts to connect opposed to like, look, you can post to Twitter really quick. Like that stuff doesn't really, yeah. it's yeah. expected. You know, and it's not only in the, in, the, in the acquisition marketing, it's, it's even within our clients. Like I regularly do uh, digital conference type talks for our clients and I'll spend in a 30 minute session, I'll spend 25 minutes never mentioning our product. You know, the 25 minutes is about how the world is changing, how your your clients' lives are changing, how their expectations are changing, how the sales profession is changing, or if it's within wealth management, how that profession is changing and how there's winners and losers as a result of this, depending on how well you adapt to these changes. And, you know, I spend like literally 25 out of 30 minutes talking about the why, um, because they don't care about the how unless they're really leaning into the why. And then, you know, in the final five minutes, it's like, hey, this tool that your company has provided for you, it's there for you. (laughs) You know, maybe you're using it, maybe you're not, but like, here's how you use it really effectively. And that's like five minutes at the end, because nobody's going to be, nobody's going to care if they, if they aren't really feeling the sense of opportunity and also a little bit of the sense of risk of being left behind. Sell the importance of need and the importance of the opportunity, and then fill that with the product on the back end. And it's a a great way to structure messaging. Lead to your product, not with your product. Yep. 100. Lead to your product, Um, not with your product. That's so important. I love it. And that'll be the title of this episode, I think, right there. <laughs> I love it. Well, Steve, before I let you go, because we're, we're about at time here, let people know where they can learn more about Grapevine 6 and connect with you online. Sure. Well, grapevine6.com. And uh, me, I'm all about LinkedIn. I uh, Long before I came to Grapevine 6, 
I was very active on LinkedIn. You know, we talked about working there, obviously, but but far more than that. I mean, not everybody who worked there really embraces the opportunity of LinkedIn. I do. So I'm very active on LinkedIn. I write a lot. I engage with a lot of people. I don't want to be hunted. You know, this is one of my pet peeves. Uh, sometimes I do things like this and all of a sudden I got, you know, salespeople coming out of the woodwork, like just pinging me. Can, I, can we get on a call next Tuesday? No, no, we can't get on a call next Tuesday. Let's meet on LinkedIn and let's <laughs> engage. Let's talk on LinkedIn. Let's engage with each other's content. Let's have value-adding conversations on LinkedIn. Sometimes that might lead to a selling opportunity for you or for me. Oftentimes it won't, but you know, come see me on LinkedIn and let's engage there. You guys heard it and I've said it on this show before and I'll say it again, listeners. Don't be hitting up guests with bullshit. I got 5,000 leads. Let's have a call. I don't want that. I don't think anybody listening to the show will do that, but there's a way to do cold LinkedIn outreach. I mean, that's how we met. I reached out cold to Steve on LinkedIn, but you do it in a way without being an asshole. And that's how you get new connections and you get guests on your show and you do things. So I will put those links to Grapevine 6, also to Steve's, uh, to his LinkedIn, but don't go with that hard sell. Be a real person. <laughs> Steve, thanks, uh, thanks so right. much nobody for coming wants, Nobody today. wants to be hunted. Nobody. Right? Hey, it's been a real pleasure. And uh, yeah, look, look, you reached out to me not to try to sell me something. You reached out to have a conversation on a podcast. Now that, that that's adding value and and uh, and hopefully people have found listening to this to be worthwhile as well. And I've thoroughly enjoyed the chat, Jordan. Awesome. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I will catch you next time. Um. Oh. Um.